Welcome to Equinox, where Rob and I are striking the balance between the light and the dark. This is episode 45, our first anniversary episode. Woo! My name is Joseph Darnell, and I'm joined by the one doctor on the show, Dr. Robert Carter. Hello, Rob. Hello, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing just fine. Congratulations, you made it to 45. Congratulations, so did you. Of course, you've done this before with several other podcasts, but hey, this one you did it, so I'm happy for you. Thank you. I think that this is one of my favorites. I've had shows that have come and gone and others still well underway about a wide variety of topics, but this has been one of the most rewarding. I think that we all need to give a round of applause to my generous co-host because he makes the show Equinox is. Thank you. This show would not exist without you, though, Joe. I wanted to take the time this episode, and we've been planning this for a while, to go off the beaten path and actually go a little meta and talk about the show, give you all the behind the scenes look at things. <laughs> Rob, where do you think we should begin? Do you want to back up to episode one or should we even go a little bit farther back than that? Um, let's talk. No, there's, there's so many different aspects of podcasting development, what we've done, what we should have done, what we've learned, how people responded. We can go anywhere we want. Let's go back to you coming to me saying, hey, Rob, have you ever podcasted before? Yeah. How long ago was that? Like a year and a half ago? Yeah, it started in the fall in 2019. It was just a really good idea because you have such a good personality. You're eloquent. I I enjoy listening to you. I, I don't know anybody else who would disagree with that. I probably met you, what, at least 10 years ago, listening to you give a presentation. And it was, yeah. and I remember thinking then, wow. That is a really interesting scientist. How old were you 10 years ago? Oh, I was about 15 years old. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) No, no. Yeah, I was 25. You were 25 then? Yeah. Okay. We're at a different place. You were new to me. I don't think you you needed to pay attention to me because I was just the man behind the camera. I I knew of you before that, though. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. I don't know how or when or what, but you know we travel in similar circles so that we have some overlap. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But anyway, that's too far back in the weeds. Uh, Flashback to where we were in 2019. We were just having a great conversation and I realized this is what podcasts are made of. Mm -hmm. And Rob, you were great material for a good show. Well, I'm glad. So in other words, you you scouted me. Yes. Cool. I, I was looking for a guy like Rob and then I found you and I said, this is the Rob I'm looking for. That's funny. The coolest thing about this show, though, is that we're able to leave what we do all day long for a living, which I love doing, but we don't have to talk about one subject. And we get to branch out and just discuss whatever's on our mind, which is really cool and fun, and it makes it lively and a whole lot more engaging. Mm, Yeah. Discussions are where it's at. Whenever we've been at the office and there was a good conversation with some banter going on in the kitchen over lunch breaks, those were the best. I almost felt like we should be able to serialize those and give people a subscription <laughs> to just listen to the conversation in the lunchroom because that was where it's at. <laughs> Lita Kosner and I have a running joke about how long it takes one of us to lapse into heresy <laughs> at the lunchroom table. <laughs> yep. And so what I did is I uh, we actually were having dinner together and uh, Rob, I asked all the nice people in my life, hey, have you ever podcasted before? And I think you were the first in 2019 that said no and you were interested. So we batted around the idea. I said, you know, I've got mics, I've got equipment, I can do the editing. You just got to show up and do the research and share everybody 
the uh, interesting stories and facts, the details of science subjects that you have to ponder, uh, share them with everybody else so that they can ponder them too. I don't know what the audience thinks, but I think we've got a good formula going. I think you and I play off each other very well. I think we play to each other's strengths very well. And I honestly, we haven't had a stilted conversation now in over 40 conversations. No, no, yeah. It just comes off naturally. We just talk back and forth and we don't talk over each other too much. And I can't even see you. I have a hard time usually talking to people I can't see. Like if I've done radio interviews, I've done a lot of radio interviews. My best radio interviews have been in the studio, yeah, not on the phone. But you and I still have a dynamic that we can, I don't know, it, it, I don't feel like you're, you're far away when I'm talking to you. Yeah, it's a funny thing because being over a telephone conversation with someone you know really well, you know what they lo- would look like. You kind of picture them in your mind's eye yeah. while you're having the conversation. Yeah. And I feel like that happens when you just know the type of person really well. That's what you need in creative projects is you need to find the kind of people that are familiar to you because they remind you of other people you know and you get along with. So you can hit the ground running when you start a show and you you cannot fumble the ball conversation for very long before somebody's going to tell you, uh, yeah, you need to cancel the show. (laughs) Well, it can't cancel our show because we make our own show. So, Joe, let me ask you a question. Uh huh. How do you feel about what we've created? Oh, I feel great about it. The show is virtually everything that I was looking for. Cool. And it's everything I wasn't looking for, but when it appeared, I was like, this is what I want it to be. And it became that. Good, good. What I think that my favorite podcasts are, I'll just let you in on Joseph here. I'm a podcast listener at heart. I have over 20 subscriptions to shows. I try to keep up with them every week. Why I like to tune into them is because I love to hear interesting people that are willing to put their personality out there on the show. If I may go off the beaten path here for a second, Rob, a good example of this is called, um, there's another podcast called The Lazy Genius. Yeah. And my wife introduced me to this not too long ago. And, you know, I find the host very interesting, Kendra, she, uh, the topics and the guests that she has on the show. She just has very personable conversation, but they're also talking about a lot of practical stuff too, and things that we can all relate to, and they make it interesting. And it's it's not always the subject I tune in for; it's for the people and how they carry the conversation. So I showed up because of the catchy title, "Lazy Genius," but then I stuck around for the people that were making it something worth listening to. Cool. I might have to look into that. Mm. Most of the podcasts that I listen to, and I voraciously consume podcasts, most of them are history podcasts. So Irish history podcasts, history of England, British history, Dan Carlin's hardcore history, his hardcore history addendum. I dropped a couple of them after listening for, for a year or more, just because I decided the person wasn't engaging enough or yeah, just that the subject matter wasn't really that good. But those are the ones I listen to all the time. When did you start listening to podcasts? Oh, I don't know. A couple years ago. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Just one day you turned off the radio and used your phone or something? Yeah. Actually, it was when I I got hearing aids and I got Bluetooth in my head. That's when I started listening to podcasts. And now I don't- Wait a minute. Is that actually how you're listening? You listen to them to the Bluetooth in your head? Yeah. You would never- Because you can't see any earbuds or any, uh, any headgear on me. Unless you really pay attention. 
And I've had people walk up to me, start talking to me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And I said, fumble for my phone. I push a button. What? Because <laughs> I didn't know that. I was... got to get me one of those. Oh, I would great. love that. <laughs> totally in the zone. So anytime I'm traveling, I'll be listening to a podcast or an audio book, you know, in planes and buses, walking, driving. So when you're listening to those, can you still hear your surroundings? And it's just kind of difficult to hear two people talking, like one person with you in the room and then the people on the podcast at the same time? Or do you have to take the device out of your ear canal? Oh, no, no. I just I can turn it off. Okay. So yeah. just turning it off and leaving it in, it's like you can hear past the hearing aid. No, I mean, I can turn off the podcast. So then- And then it's e- just- Even so, yeah. Then I hear all the ambient noise. See, I should be able to hear both, but sometimes, you know- a sentence or a section might be louder than you think, or you mm-hmm. go from one environment to another and your your podcasting is blasting in your ears and you didn't realize it and someone's talking to you softly, those those sorts of things. Yep. Yeah. And same same thing if you had headphones on. Yeah. Well, interesting. Anyway, so what I love about Equinox is I haven't spent a whole lot of time concentrating on science, but it was my favorite classes in school years and years ago. And one of my favorite genres is sci-fi. Some of my favorite storylines have been sci-fi, so you know, for all time, you know, they've been just great. Then when we were hitting it off, I realized, wow, Rob knows a lot about a wide variety. And this is the kind of conversation that I would like to have and be able to share with others because I think that there's this is really how people like to learn about anything new. I wanted a good show where we could share interesting conversation, good stories learn some interesting facts, and explore topics that a lot of people like me really are interested in these things, but we don't know where to go. We don't know where to find a good conversation. Ah, And sometimes you just have to be the makers. Well, I will tell you that some of the subjects that we've done, I had to do a lot of research for because you said, let's do this. I'm like, uh, I don't know anything about that. And so I just poured into it and, you know, figured out an hour's worth of material to talk about. And some of them, we had too much material and we ended up skipping the end. That's fine too. Or t- creating two-parters. Or doing two-parter, yes. Uh, but I, I have learned a lot this year also. A tremendous amount on a, a whole range of subjects. Things that I might have dabbled in a little bit, but didn't have an expert opinion on or expert knowledge on. Not that I'm an expert now, but I mean, just h- having spent that time looking into it, thinking about it, and then talking about it. Because I, I noticed when I was in college that Sitting around my study group with my friends, I usually ended up explaining things to people. And I learned that if I could explain it to somebody, I knew it. And a lot of times they're like, how do you know that? It's like, well, because of this, this, and this, and this, and this. And I'd figure it out as I was explaining how it worked. And that's a lot of what I'm doing here on this on this podcast is here's an idea and I've got, you know, 90% of it. And then as I'm talking to you, like things just click together. Like, oh, of course, that's how it works. Yes, yes, yes. And then I actually learn by talking. I don't know if other people are like that. I am definitely like that. And so I've really appreciated this show because I've gotten to learn so much in talking about it with you. That's a great way to put it. You know, until you said that, I had forgotten that the first show I did was back in 2011. And it was a movie review show on YouTube. I was YouTubing myself. I was behind the camera and in front of the camera. Wow. And at the, the organization I worked at, somebody said, you know what we need? We need to do a movie review series. Talk about the movies that are like the best of all times, our favorites, and some in theaters now from a Christian worldview. And what we want to do is kind of connect the dots between 
these apologists and the things that they write about in books about Christian worldview and critique of others and explore how these themes of uh, faith and values and philosophy come through in movies and television. So we, we I, I wasn't any scholar in the subject. I was a student of the subject. And so I didn't have the advantage of being one of the the experts with a doctorate or anything. But I was rubbing shoulders with those guys, and they just didn't have enough time to write the books and produce a series about the movies. So what they would do is they would write articles for a magazine about a movie from time to time, and they were itching to get more. So I, I basically brainstormed with them. I, I took notes down. I learned everything I could. I read books about this kind of analysis of entertainment. And then we dove headlong into, okay, Joseph, you're going to show up every week with new reviews of popular movies. <laughs> and I had a co-host and he did them as well. And so we would take turns. He would do one week, I would do the next week. Cool. We learned so much, just like you were saying, we learned so much because we thought we knew a lot about movies until we had to analyze them and share what we had discovered. Yes. It, it was great. It was a huge year for learning. How many episodes did you do? We did 70. 70, wow. In one year. Oh, in one year? Oh my. Right. That's, that's a lot. So we had a few weeks that we had double, double episodes. Wow. And, you know, and, but that was the thing is that if there's anything that you have a personal interest in and you think you know a lot about it, you don't know how much you know and how much more you have to learn until you have to share it with others. And <laughs> I, I, I know, I know it's you good. You for five minutes so and you're like, wait a minute, I, I, that's the end of my knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I could have been done after episode 10. So, yep, we can relate to that. Yes. Been there, done that. And that's why I have you be the expert on this podcast now. All right. <laughs> I'd never be able to nail down anything scientific. 2011 was a dark ages of podcasting. It was. I thought it was deep into the history of podcasting by then because I had started listening to shows in 2008. And some of the guys that were producing shows then were talking about the shows that they had listened to back in 2005. Oh, 2005. Dude, that was yesterday, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. You know, the first podcasts I listened to, Rob, I think they were about um, gun ownership. Yeah. You know, uh, carrying guns, you know, learning everything there was to know about guns and uh, technology. Um, I think the first I got hooked on was called the Mac Power Users. And that's all about Apple computers. Okay. And yeah, that was about that right after the iPhone. The, those were good times. And it was when I heard shows like that that I realized I really wanted to give back to the internet in this way if I could also make shows. Man, if I started a podcast when I was your age, it would have been called Why I Love Commodore 64. <laughs> that would have been awesome. That would have been great. I'm listen to that. I love that. That's still my favorite computer of all time. Bar none. Best you computer know, ever. We're going to have to have an episode just about computer technology. Oh, we can do that. History, oh, uh, yeah, like the computer technology we've yeah. seen in our lifetimes even. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many things. I remember a computer scientist giving me the rundown once because he just he was enjoying this over lunch. He was like, hey, let me tell you about the history of computers. And he started giving me the lowdown. Cool. That was a very entertaining conversation. I remember there's an episode of the $6 million man when I was probably in like third or fourth grade. And they had replaced Steve Austin's friend with a robot. And he started getting suspicious. So we asked him a question. And then they asked him the same exact question again. And the robot replied in the same exact way. 
And then they flash back to the control center where they're trying to control the robot with a radio. And they had one of those those cabinet size computers with the reel to reel tapes. <laughs> and it was it, it had stopped. It was trying to go backwards. And the guy's like, oh, I couldn't stop it. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> trying to c- control a rodeo control robot with a reel to reel computer. <laughs> right. See, I just oh, missed just- the original floppy disk days. Like the ones that I got were the ones that were about the size of a, you know, a three by five card or yeah, more square. Three and a, yeah, three and a half. I started with five and a quarters. Mm. One time I saw an eight inch. I've never used one, but I, I have seen an eight inch floppy drive nice. or floppy disk, shall we say. I saw a bunch of old ones thrown in the trash. I never got to see how they were used in person. All right, we're going to have to do a history of computers in our lifetime because I'm going to tell you the story of K-Pro 4 and Howard Cosell and the original script for Star Trek 3. Oh, I love this idea. Because my mom typed it. Looking forward to it. And that is why you're going to tune in and listen. Oh, okay, we'll save that one. Yeah. Well then, Rob, speaking of which, I I was going to mention in our queue... I just added the one about computers, but real quick, I'm going to mention 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, So I'm guessing we have about 30 uh, topics in the queue at the moment. Okay. We are going to get to all of them. We, we're, uh, this, this thing is constantly shrinking and then expanding as we just think of new things in the shower. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then you can't remember yeah. when you're out of the shower sitting at your computer. Oh, what was that? <laughs> yeah. 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 I've done that many times. <laughs> Well, that's why I take my phone into the shower now. It's waterproof. I set it on the shelf. If I get a good idea, I rinse my hands of the soap and then I, pay, I dry them off with a towel and then I write down, I'm going to have to add this and do this in Equinox in a future episode. Oh, that's amazing. No joke. I keep notes in the shower. That's amazing. I get ideas in the shower. I'm sitting there, I got super hot water and I, I basically turn myself into a lobster. <laughs> I, I treat the shower like a sauna, honestly. I, I spend way too long in there. But when I'm done... My, my brain is filled with ideas because I'm just relaxed and just, yeah. you know, whatever. I'm not thinking about anything particular, but I'm like toweling off and getting dressed real fast and trying to run across the house because I have an idea that I have to start working on. I know I know. I need to get you that um, waterproof like notepad that you can put up in the, ba- the bathtub and use that. They, they make those things, you know. Oh, yes, like I do. I am a marine biologist. I'm quite well aware of waterproof notepads. Well, that's what you need in the shower. <laughs> I feel like Kramer is just telling you like, well, that is how it's done. <laughs> I wanted to mention some of our favorite episodes. We've got 44 already behind us. Yeah, I, I'm actually, I brought this up and I, I wrote down on the notes, what is Joe's favorite episode? And then I wrote, what is Rob's favorite episode? I left it blank, but go ahead. What are your favorite episodes? One of my favorite podcasts, since we're going to reference other podcasts now, one of my favorite shows is called Top Four, and a husband and wife just talk about their top four in a category, like their top four favorite donuts or the top four favorite uh, music albums. Let's Who see. knows? Boston Cream, Boston Cream, mm-hmm. Boston Cream, and Boston <laughs> Cream. Yeah, that's kind of how they make their own lists. Albums, Boston, probably Van Halen, even though Running With The Devil's not a good song. It's an amazing song. Um <laughs> Oh, maybe some Beatles. I don't know. Three and four would be hard to do. I probably, I probably throw in uh, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. It's number four. Oh, that's not a bad choice. Hmm, interesting. So I'm going to try and scale. Going to try and order my rate. Yeah, the ones I rate here, kind of like that. I have my top three or four or five. 
I I love all my episodes. We had the first annual Nobel Prizes episode earlier in 2020, and I loved that approach. Really? And we had a blast. It was a good show. Yeah, that was fun. Having just a variety of things that had happened in 2020 that were interesting to get away from the usual talk about in the news, more pandemic problems. Other things happened in 2020. I think I enjoyed the Ig Nobel Prizes episode even more because mm. we just laughed our way for an hour through yeah. that episode. <laughs> that was not a bad reason to make that a favorite. I think both of those are tied. Hmm. But, but I also enjoyed, we only get to do this sort of thing once. We had the two-parter for who is Rob Carter. I really enjoyed that. Really? That, that was one of those places where we broke ground kind of stretched ourselves because we got away from the topics and allowed you to go into, you know, your likes, your history and go on rabbit trails and kind of explain to where you arrived at today. And that's what I want to do with Equinox is continue to expand the Equinox universe where there's no science subject that will leave untouched. You know, we'll talk about Elon Musk as well as ancient DNA. I can't wait for that one. I've been watching some Elon Musk videos lately. Well, he's always an interesting topic. Uh, that's funny because the, the who is Rob Carter ones are at the bottom of my list. I don't blame you. I won't even listen and to the, them. <laughs> if we had episodes about me, I'd be saying, what? Why are we doing this? Yeah, exactly. I can't. I've, I've been listening to some of the old episodes lately. Just because my other podcast, I, I ran out of all my podcasts. Like, oh no. It's like, oh, I can listen to Equinox version number one. So I've listened to like one through five lately. The Who is Rob Carter is pretty early. I don't know what it was, like 10 or something like that. Yeah. And I, I'm going to skip over. I can't, I can't listen to myself like that. Well, so as a member of the audience, like I said, I'm not a podcaster first. I am a podcast listener. And as a listener, I one of the things I like is that learning what it's like to be the cook in the kitchen. You know, so it's like one of those cooking shows where you get to learn about how to cook, but the reason you tune is in is because you get to learn about what it's like to be the cook and where they have come from and how they have arrived where they are now. I, since we're interested in science, I'm not just interested in what science has taught us and the discoveries we've made. I'm also interested in scientists, and we don't hear enough about what their experience is like and how they became one. Hmm. So, you were one of my case studies. Oh, very interesting. For what do we call it? Anthropology? Is that uh is that what that science is called? Maybe. Or if this is a psychology class, you would have made me your your senior thesis. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, and, and it was also because of you, some of my other podcast favorite episodes of Equinox were the Fantastic Bees and Where to Find Them, parts one and two. All right. And learning about beekeeping and beehives and the bee life, the colony, the queen how that all works and looking forward to exploring more about bees when we have our own this season. That's right. They're going to come at the end of March. Yeah. Hey, have you replaced the wax in your frames? Nope. Okay. But I'm going to be ordering um, that in my beekeeper suit, one for my son this, uh, this weekend. Oh, okay. So I get my beekeeper suit back. Yeah. All I'll right. give you all your tools back. You want, I still got some of the leftover materials, the wood lumber. Okay. Oh, are you going to paint yours? Have you made up your mind about whether you're going to paint it? Uh, I haven't made up my mind yet, but I think I'm going to. But mine has not been sitting outside like yours. Mine's been under my overhang on my front porch. So it still looks brand new. I'm thinking I'm going to paint mine pretty soon. And I'm going to let my son help me pick the color. Yes. Because uh, he's going to be doing it a lot with it. Watch out for the type of paint. I would look up what paint is safe to use on a beehive. Thank you. 
<laughs> that is a very good suggestion. Specifically, I would worry about primer. Like, I wouldn't use kills primer. Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't. I don't good know. Tip. I don't know the answer to that. And so I would definitely check first. And you don't want something that with um like a, a stain or anything like that because if the aroma might chase the bees away even a month later. I don't know. Mm. I'm making that up. <laughs> so Rob, let me ask you a question. Since you okay. cannot pinpoint your favorite episode to date, imagine your what your favorite episode would be about. What would that be? Past or present? It could have been one we've already touched on, or one you can see in the future. Honestly, having having listened to some of the earliest ones recently. I really enjoyed stopping the sun moving the earth. Mm, It's the history of scientific exploration, how people figured out that the earth goes around the sun, I think is fascinating even still. And I enjoyed listening to that one. And the one about ancient calendars, the episode four. That was one that jumped out at me too. I, I, I just like that. I like the exploration of science. I like watching people figure things out. And I love it when you have something you have absolutely no clue how something works and someone says, oh, this is how it works. That's my favorite part about science. Mm. And so those two episodes particularly struck that. But one of those early ones, it might have been uh, Charles Darwin part one, like episode five. That was like, um, you know, middle of March. One of those back there, we just started talking about the coronavirus. <laughs> and it was like, hey, there's this new thing, and yes. schools are going to be shut for two weeks. Oh. And wow, this is crazy. You can't sc- shut school shut down. <laughs> I mean, what did we know a year ago? <laughs> oh, man. Wow. The world went crazy. And I remember I filmed a, um, a biblical genetics episode around then about the coronavirus. And I made a joke about. I can't imagine that they, people are talking about shutting cities down. That's never going to happen. You can't do that in America. <laughs> yeah, little did I know, sucker that I was. We've learned a lot about the world in the last 12, 16 months. Yeah, in a lot of different We've ways. Been really stretched. It is important to talk about the pandemic, but I'm really grateful that we didn't turn the show into just chronicling the pandemic. And we haven't had just that sort of uh, dark cloud hanging over us throughout all the series, because we want people to come back and start at the beginning of the series and enjoy it if they want to listen to it on a long car ride, or they want to catch up with us and they want to listen to episodes like parts one and two about bees or uh, who is Dr. Rob Carter, because we want them to be timeless. And a lot of science subjects are very timely, and we're going to address those as well. And we do touch on the pandemic. We just don't want dark clouds over the podcast. We want this to be a place where people feel like it seems like the bad stigma about science is that it's boring or it's bad news. And then there are the people who enjoy science and get it, like understand this is stuff to get really excited about. And this is fun. And honestly, Rob, knowing you, I think that one of the reasons why you've stuck with science your whole life is because. You're, you're really psyched about a lot of the stuff you get to research and explore. Yeah. And you, but that's the thing is that anyone who just wants to enjoy an interesting subject could enjoy a lot of science subjects. They don't have to be uh, a person in the field, but yeah. they can certainly have somebody like you to give them the, the, the tour, show them around. Yeah. I, I'm definitely a generalizer and a generalist. It actually almost killed me to finish graduate school because I had to keep focusing on one particular subject and it's actually a subset of a subset of a subset mm. 
Oh, and yeah. I was dying. I didn't care anymore. I don't want to learn about this anymore. I want to go study gravity. Right. I want to learn about electromagnetism. I want to think about how planes fly or how would you get a rocket to Mars? But oh no, I had to study the genetics of one particular fluorescent protein gene and one particular species of coral in the Caribbean ocean. Snooze. <laughs> well, you just mentioned another good idea for an, a topic, how to get a rocket to Mars. Hey, great one. Yes. I just actually added one while we're talking. How scientific debates work. Nice. Conspiracy theories, alternate theories, being in the minority. I like it. That's good. There are differences between a minority opinion and a conspiracy theory. And it seems to be very apropos for right now. Because, I mean, I know so many people who are saying so many alternative things online. Yeah. And it is so <laughs> hard. No it takes of that. It takes hours to parse through that material before you say, okay, no, this is actually the answer. And it's frustrating, and I think everyone's angry. Do you, do you miss the good old days where you could just go to the library and you knew if it was published, it was worth referencing, and you didn't have to worry about fake news and trolls? I don't miss the good old days going to the library, no. The Dewey Decimal <laughs> System and checking out books. No, man, I, I love the internet. Don't you just wish you could go back to a time when you would turn into the FM and AM dial and listen to your favorite shows there? What is with podcasts? Who listens to podcasts? Do I miss the FM and AM? Yeah. Where I grew up, we didn't even have television. Now, we had a, a mast on top of our house. If we pointed it toward New York City, we could get Channel 8 and Channel 11. If we pointed it toward Connecticut, we could get, maybe that was Channel, we can get another channel. But two of those channels are both ABC. So we could either listen to the New York ABC 7 o'clock news or the Connecticut ABC 7 o'clock news, but all the shows were the same. <laughs> that is so good. Which was your favorite? Uh, I, actually, I like listening to the Connecticut one better. I don't know why. Oh, I didn't okay. live in Connecticut. I lived in New York. We're, we were far out on Long Island, and cable had not yet arrived. I remember when cable arrived. It was like, whoa, what's that? And some people were calling it black box. We have black box. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then they kind of standardized the cable. <laughs> yeah. But I was, in, I was in high school when cable arrived. Oh, interesting. And I was probably in 10th grade, maybe 11th. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. We grew up with cable, but we, we weren't the cool people who had cable. We only got cable when our grandfather moved in with us and had to have all the different news channels. And then we got cable. Interesting. So the most popular episodes of Equinox to date for the listeners, all of you good people listening to the show. Oh, I've been wanting to, okay, I want to know this. What are they? Coming in at third place is the greatest effect ever. Oh, that was just a couple months ago. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, everything happened just a couple of months ago, but y y'all seem to like that subject. So awesome. If you are new to the show, you need to check that out. Do you remember what the greatest effect ever was? Yes. Tell <laughs> us about it, Rob. <laughs> You gonna get me out of the um, It was the idea that a moving electric charge produces a magnetic field, and changing magnetic fields move electric charges. Yes, exactly. And that effect rules our modern world. Cool. So people like that one. Yeah, very popular. And then we then we had another one. Um, that first one there, the greatest effect ever. It does seem to touch on innovation technology a little bit. But coming in at second place was mysteriously advanced in ancient technology. That I'm very proud of the fact I came up with that topic. That was um, last summer. When did we do that one, I'm looking. I'm, I'm checking. Ah, oh, okay. September 24th. I thought it was longer ago than that. 
Not why things rot. I liked why things rot. Actually, now that I think about it, that was that was one of my favorites. Why things rot was a great episode. <laughs> that was an interesting subject. You don't get that from any old podcast you ever listen to. <laughs> They're usually talking about how to preserve things. All right. So what was number one? First place was very recent, which is a good sign. We are creeping up in listenership. So okay. it was how to grow coral. What that was like two episodes ago. Yeah, it's gotten the most listens to date. Well, that's surprising. It's crazy as a single episode. Because because out of out of all the things that I wouldn't expect that one to have piqued so many people's ears. Yeah. Huh. It was a fun subject. And I think you uh, made a good execution. So what I'd like to believe is that, well, l- let me take a step back. So I've done a lot of study over the years about how podcast listenership works. There's a lot of people that come and go on a regular basis. Okay. And then you have your loyal few. And the loyal few will listen to every episode. So you would think that the podcast number of subscribers would be so consistent that you would almost have the same download numbers every episode, but really you don't because you have people who are aspiring to listen to podcasts. So they subscribe to something, but they never make the time to listen to it and they forget they subscribed. Ah. Then you have the people who have abandoned the subscription app that they were using. And when they do that, they no longer have the subscription they had yeah. and they forgot what they were subscribed to. Yep, I can so see that. So for a lot of very human error reasons, a lot of people come and go. And then you have your core people who catch on. Usually those are people that kind of like watching a show that you really get into, like The Office or WandaVision. You know, if you if you can make it past the third episode and you you watch the fourth you're probably going to stick with it through the whole season. <laughs> and those are your loyal listeners that are going to actually tune in for every episode. They're going to listen whether you're talking about corals or not. Okay. But then, Rob, yeah. there's just people that tuned in because the show was called How to Grow Coral or because they just discovered us that recently. That's cool. Speaking of which, we'll get to the uh, how, what our numbers are in a little bit. Okay. But I wanted to back up and also talk about uh, how do we choose topics so, Rob, what is your, the rhyme and reason? What do you think? Well, um, we start off with a list and we just started going through them. And you're like, okay, which one do you want to do first? You know, what's next? And then we're like, hey, let's do this, do this. And it's like spontaneous. Oh, let's do it today. And we just threw it in there. So, some of those ones that we did were literally off the cuff. And I, some of those were the better ones. True. But it's usually a couple of hours at least. Yeah. You can't, you can't always invent no. serendipity. Yeah. You try. I mean, almost every episode is several hours of research at a minimum, just because you got to, you know, look up a date and you have to look up a website and you have to see what other people are saying to make sure that you remember things correctly. And on that note, I never want you to pick a topic of the week that you're just not feeling. You know, I never want you to feel pressured that you got to do this because, you know, this is at the top of our queue or something. And I don't think you feel that pressure. No, not at all. So I really want you to be, you know, excited and making jazz about the topic of the week and if you get the idea the day of then that's awesome yeah and we've done that a couple times but a couple times also you're like rob um you sound kind of like a little down this week why don't we just skip this week i'm like okay yes please (laughs) yeah see you gotta know when to say no and we we have 45 episodes in 52 weeks of the year so uh, I don't mind skipping a couple of weeks. Don't worry, guys. It doesn't mean the show is canceled. Unsubscribe. The people are never coming back with a new episode. No, we're we're going to be back soon. But we need a break every now and then. I think most people binge listen anyway. Mm-hmm. Probably. And, and so if we don't 
It's not like everyone's sitting there going, oh, it's Wednesday, man. It's Wednesday, 10 o'clock in the morning, a couple more hours. The new Equinox is going to come out. I don't think people are doing that. <laughs> yeah. And so there, there, we haven't necessarily come up with a topic yet that we wanted to cancel and you know skip entirely, but we have ideas incubating and uh, we haven't flat out said no to any particular notion we have had. Like we've had funny ideas for April Fool's. We've had ideas for more uh, sci-fi movie reviews. I've dabbled with the idea of like a book review, but that would mean a larger commitment that we actually read the thing. And <laughs> you have, uh, speaking, speaking of which, you do put in the hours of research to which, you know, I'm eternally grateful, you know, prayer hands, thankful emoji at you for all that extra effort. If anybody's wondering, Rob does all the front loaded pre-production effort and work and research. I'm doing all the editing. My wife and I are editing the show. Uh, she started about 20 episodes ago. And I've been showing her how to edit a podcast. Yep. And she does it off of uh, her MacBook Pro. And she's very happy to do so. If she can't do it for the week, then I'll edit it. And it has been really good. She does a great job. She does. I, I'm very grateful for that. But even so, whether she edits the show or I edit the show, we're actually spending in the neighborhood of four and a half hours per episode. And the recordings are not a whole lot longer than what the audience gets. So we're what we're doing is we're editing things for when we talk over each other. We want it to be as natural as possible so that the audience can hear most everything that we did say mm -hmm. intentionally. And a few times we have unfinished sentences that really didn't go anywhere. So we got to decide, does that half-finished sentence get removed or does it stay? And then there's you know the occasional cough but then there's also, Rob, I, I have no nitpicks whatsoever, but I got to tell you that it's a very different experience having a conversation with you like this, where we are on mic and we have our headsets on and we're just talking versus editing. Because when we're editing, I'm always tripping over my words to find the how I want to say a sentence. And so I'm always editing myself because I I just didn't find the words that I, I am like porky pig and I tripped over the first five or six words before I landed the sentence I wanted to say. Well, knowing how much editing I do on my biblical genetics videos and podcasts, I think I understand. Yeah. Now, now in your case, you're, you're eloquent, but what you do is oh, you pause. Are you kidding me? So many pauses. You pause for every... I hate my pauses. They drive me bonkers. I love <laughs> but it. But I can't. It's it's like in this... In our... I just did it right now. <laughs> see, I'm going to try to say this without ever pausing. Let's see. <laughs> I have to do it. See, the thing is I have to talk slowly if I'm not going to pause. I just paused. <laughs> I'm thinking as Love I it. do this. I don't have a script. I don't have anything pre-planned. My brain is like, okay, what about this and this and this? And I'm making decisions as I go. And this requires me to pause every once in a while so I can think of my next sentence. Mm -hmm. But it drives me nuts. And it, it, it's good. What I love about it is that I've edited a lot of people for my, my I'm a, you know, I'm a creative professional. I edit people's presentations all the time. Rob, what I love about yours is that you pause, but whenever you continue, it sounds like you hadn't paused. Ah. So as an editor, I can run up together your phrases and it sounds like one continuous thought. Oh, Whereas I can't do that with anyone else. Their phrases are all broken. I cannot speed them up. <laughs> I can't do that to myself. Well, I'll tell you what, listening to myself now 
you know, being at CMI and doing audio and video with them for a long time and being a school teacher before that, I've, I've practiced a lot of speaking and I've listened to myself now for the last couple of years, especially this last year, I've listened to myself a whole lot. And I think one thing that Equinox has done for me personally is made me a better communicator because I'm not just talking, I'm thinking about what is this going to sound like on the final product. So I'm, I'm trying not to slur, I'm not trying not to, I, I do have a lisp when I talk mm. and I've always had it. And in fact, it used to be a, when I was a kid that they put, um, put me in a special speaking class because I couldn't talk straight. Mm. And when I got braces in sixth grade, they put tongue spurs. They put these little metal things sticking backwards on the bottom row of my braces that would stab me in the tongue if Ouch. I tried to stick my tongue out. Oh, oh, they hurt. barbaric. But it kept my tongue in my mouth. And all of a sudden, I'm talking, you know, not with lisp, talking like I got a chaw in my mouth instead. <clears throat> uh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then for the, uh, the audience, I wanted to mention too, thank you everybody who has written us comments, given us feedback, giving us a thumbs up, oh, and yeah. shared this with friends and family. Yeah. The, the podcasts don't get bought and paid for advertising. You're not going to see Equinox advertised on a YouTube ad. We don't want to do that to anybody. Any good show survives, lives, and dies on the audience just sharing it with people, letting them know. Yeah. Because you know people do turn us up in search engines, but it's going to be really hard to find a good science subject or podcast that isn't one of the mainstream ones with a huge audience, with a big production, with a big budget, with someone like Bill Nighy or the like. You know, those shows are huge and they get enough marketing with their celebrity status. And then you, I, I honestly don't listen to many of those kinds of shows. It doesn't matter what the subject because. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little bit more choosy, but I like everyday people oh, me who too. also happen to have interesting uh, jobs and they're enthusiasts about interesting topics. I'd much rather hear from a enthusiast about technology who just has a small blog and develops an app and cares about his computer than hear from a corporate big shot like, like, even though Elon Musk is a very pop, popular figure and people love his interviews, I'm more interested in hearing from somebody else like me tell me everything they, they know about Elon Musk that they find interesting yeah. than actually listening to Elon Musk. If you looked at my social media feed or my, my friends list on MeWe, Parler, uh, Facebook, and uh, Gab, you will not see any famous people. Yeah. In fact, I un uh, on Parler for you know when I first started, I started getting to Parler. Oh yeah, oh this person. Ooh, but then I realized that I wasn't hearing from any of my friends. I was just hearing from these famous people. I didn't want to hear these famous people, and so I I un unparlored all of them. So yeah, so I agree. I agree. Yeah. So the the people I want to listen to on social media and in podcasts are people that I would want to be friends with in real life. Yes, I like that. And so I, I just want to be a friendly podcaster, your friendly neighborhood podcaster. I just figured out my tagline. <laughs> Excellent. But we, we've also got um, topic suggestions from our listeners, and we thank you very much for those. Yeah. And we're serious about this too. I, I would eventually like to have a part of the show on a regular basis where we answer listener feedback or answer their, their topical questions. And we don't do that yet because we're waiting for y'all guys to speak up. And mm -hmm. you know, it's not it's not that hard. You can reach us on email 
through YouTube in the comments, as well as through our Twitter profile, Podcast Equinox. And you can write us and say, hey, here's my feedback. Here's a question. You said something, Rob's crazy. Joseph and the editing must have taken, taken out the part where you explained yourself by accident. Now I have questions. So Rob, can you explain yourself? You know, I, I want that to happen. And so anytime y'all have thoughts, pass them along to us. We, we really want to hear from you and we'll be happy to share them and discuss them on the show. If you had something so personal you didn't want us to share on the show, well, please write us and let us know. We, we'll be discreet. We won't put it on the show, but we'd still be happy to hear from you and answer you in a personal way. Yeah. So Joe, moving on to the next subject. This is going to be hard for you because you're the technology geek. This show would not exist were it not for your understanding of how to make the show. Can you tell us how the show is produced? So other people listening are like, hey, I want to do that too, or I think I could be a podcaster. How do you make this a reality? Yeah, it's really fun. Now, if you are content to be a listener only, I think that you'll save yourself a lot of time. But why you get into podcasts now is because you're interested in it as a hobby if you want to produce the thing. So if it's sort of like picking up bees. I'm getting into bees as a hobbyist, but I'm at the beginning. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm nervous. So I'm watching videos on YouTube about how to be a beekeeper. So if you want to get into podcasting, you would need to do the same kind of thing. Listen to podcasters who talk about what it's like to be a podcaster, share their things on YouTube or there's whole podcasts dedicated to how to become a producer. No, but I was really talking about how does it, you know, how do we record this? Yes. What is it loaded onto? What software is used and, and how is it hosted? And, you know, how does it go from you and I talking to the ear of the listener? Okay. That is a really good question. The answer is it always depends on what you, tools you want to use. What I, what I like to use, uh, it, it, this has just been my preference, is I like to use... Google Docs is where we just put together the outlines. We have a few docs where we continually go in there and add new to a uh, topical queue. Yeah. And then we share that and we can edit it as need be. And we make a new doc for every episode. We want to have a new outline. Rob usually creates the original outline. And then we'll work on things like the show description and links related to the topics discussed together after we've recorded the show. Thank you very much for your help on that, Rob. You're welcome. But you, you told me to do it, so <laughs> to follow directions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just had a little bit of experience on you in that category. All right, so how do we record this thing? What you need to do is you need to look into something like recording calls with Zoom. That's a popular route. But the sound quality is often terrible. It could be. I have seen that Zoom has gotten better for audio quality in more recent times. You can get a local copy of your audio through Zoom. Yes. And if you know what you're doing, you'll be just fine. Okay. That local copy thing is probably the key. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that too, aren't we? What are we using to make a local copy? I mean, you're actually, no, you're recording on Zencaster. That's right. So we have two copies. We are doing the conversation through a podcasting website called Zencaster.com. I actually know the developer years ago. I interviewed him for another podcast I used to make. Zencaster was made for podcasters. It is just a place where you can stream the audio, have the conversation, and you could technically get by with downloading the audio copy from Zencaster and editing that. Uh, you wouldn't need to do a lot, but the audio will be lightly compressed. So what I prefer is to get a local copy, and I use a Mac, so I'm uh, using 
the built-in software called uh, QuickTime Player. Not a lot of people do it, but it's pretty straightforward. It's easy. You get high-quality audio, and QuickTime just lets you hit record. So what I'm doing is that is my main copy of audio that if, if for some reason, if QuickTime Player does not save the file, then I can fall back on my Zencaster file. But that has only happened to us once in the last 44 episodes. And thankfully, the QuickTime players just worked really well. And then, Rob, in your case, you're using Audacity still? Yes, I'm using Audacity because I do not have a Mac, nor shall I ever hope. <clears throat> Sorry. <laughs> well, the fun thing, too, is that Audacity is available on Mac and PC. So you would know, if you know your way around Audacity and get tutorials online, then you could always pick up a different computer. Just saying, Rob, you know, All you right. could make the switch and still yeah. know how to record the show. Yeah, All right. And just so the audience knows, mm-hmm. uh, we've had to fiddle with a lot of things. You know, we do a recording, it just doesn't sound good, and too bad, we have to just use it. Or we do one week, and for some reason, it sounds different than the week before. Right. And we have no idea why. So, like, well, I don't know. So, next time, okay, try this, try that, try that. So, it wasn't 100% seamless, but it was really easy. Right. Most of the time. In, we started recording the show together in person at the office studio. Yep. So we were using my MacBook Pro. We were recording through GarageBand, which is just a reliable and expensive a way to record musical instruments, but it also can record regular microphones. So you would record it there and then move it to Adobe Premiere Pro for editing. Ah, yes. Now you're using a video editing software to edit the podcast. And so am I, honestly, because I didn't know any different. But why are you using a video editing software to edit the the audio? I do like using professional audio applications as well for things like enhancing the audio quality and getting rid of background noise. But they're not very great for keyboard shortcuts for editing and cutting and removing and rearranging the clips so that we're not talking over each other. Ah. It, those kinds of functions are done more easily with keyboard commands in Adobe Premiere Pro, where for whatever reason, video editors like to use the keyboard to move around their clips, to mute them, to raise and lower the volume, to apply effects. And so even when you're dealing with audio, you can manipulate your audio in a variety of ways more more or less useful. So in, in video context, you're editing a lot of video interviews and you're trying to eliminate background noises and you're you're combining music and sound effects and vo- uh, vocal lines in a video context. Well, I think like a video guy, most of my production has been video over the last 15 years. So So I'm familiar with those keyboard commands and it just makes sense. It clicks. And I know that the audio applications, while very professional and can do some very clever tricks with audio, they don't support the level of editing from the keyboard that I prefer. Hmm. Now, see, I was doing it using Premiere Pro because after struggling with terrible uh, video editing software, I finally arrived at Adobe Premiere Pro. Even though it's a subscription thing, it costs me money per month. It's so much worth having that compared to the free ones. And after I do my video, I rip the audio out and just save that. I do a little five-minute intro and then save that as a podcast. Yeah. I didn't even realize that people didn't do that normally. Hmm. We were using GarageBand at the beginning. I've always used Premiere Pro for editing, but then we were recording in the studio. Later when we had to quarantine and things like that, we temporarily met together at my house and we recorded a few shows here. 
then we preferred to do it where we could just record from separate houses. And then we were using Zencaster. Um, so ever since we've actually been recording separately, and that goes back to the problem you were talking about where you're much more comfortable seeing me in the conversation. And I get that. And you're not wrong. I, I'm looking forward to the day when we can record these together in the same space again. Fair enough. But we don't have to anymore. That's true. Yeah. Then again, we will go back to the office someday. Someday. I don't know how I feel about that. I do like working remotely. I like working from home. I was going absolutely bonkers the spring, the summer specifically. By the time fall came around, I was like, I just kind of got used to the new groove and, you know, I get up and work for a couple hours and I stop and eat breakfast and take a shower and I work some more. And yeah, I, I just kind of like this pace. But anyway, it will happen again. We'll have to go back to the office. Joe, this is our one-year anniversary. Where do we go from here? And not just that, but what can someone else who's starting the podcasting world expect? I mean, are they going to rock it to the top and be like a millionaire and everyone's going to love them? Or are they going to just kind of like wander around in the shadows and have five listeners? What's the normal expectation and what can we expect if we keep on pursuing this? So to answer the second question, you know, even the more popular YouTubers started 10 or you know years ago or more. And if you listen to their stories, they're very humbling because someone like one of the more popular celebrity YouTubers in technology is Marcus Brownlee. And his videos are very entertaining. And years and years ago, when he got started, he put out his first 100 videos and he didn't have 100 subscribers. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah. But nowadays he's got millions. I will tell you. I cannot count how many times I wanted to quit doing biblical genetics last year. Yeah, I get it. And I it, because when you when you're putting out so much and you have a very low viewership, yeah, it doesn't feel like it's ever going to make it. No, Christmas happened and all the holidays, and I haven't started up again. I know what I'm going to do, but I, I'm pretending I'm working on my studio, which I am working on my studio, and now I'm I'm almost I. But I could be doing videos. I could be going to some place outside like I used to do, and but I just. I don't have the chutzpah to do it. Once I get going, I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I know it's going to be, you know, a day of filming, at least a day of editing. I mean, probably, you know, 16 hours per episode. And I need to cut that down because it's killing me. Mm, Yeah. And I should have gotten a job delivering pizzas. I would have made a lot more money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Don't become a podcaster if you want to be rich. No. By the way, audience. Hey, Joe, tell the audience, how much money have we made? Off of Equinox. We haven't made three cents. We we have not made a single dollar. That's right. Because we're not doing this for money. No. I'm doing this because I love doing it. This is one of my favorite hours of the week is talking to you about some random esoteric topic in science. I just absolutely love it. I always look forward to this. What I feel like about that is that I'll do it as long as I can because I love it. And the sooner that it can support itself financially, the more, if it can sustain itself, then... I won't. Uh, I won't ha- be looking for so much security in all the other areas of my life. Like you know, I, I really shouldn't be doing this. I'd be moonlighting, working on some graphic design projects or voiceover work. Yep, I'm having the same thoughts. And I really want to be doing something like Equinox. If we get to the day when we are patron supported or we are supported with sponsors, I would really love that for this and my other podcasts. Yeah. I'm in it for the long term. It's sort of like the determination that I'm going to exercise and I'm going to be a guy who exercises. Whether or not I see a huge substantial physical improvements in 2020, 
but I'm going to exercise. I'm committed to it. And I'm going to do this as long as I can for life, whether or not I get the results I want right now. And podcasting is a lot like that too, where you go to the gym three times a week and you just didn't really lose any weight and you didn't feel good about it, but you do it for enough years and you feel a lot better about it and you get results. The people that are successful are the people that ignore today. Yeah, exactly. Because if you pay attention to today, you're going to be miserable. You just, you don't think about it. You just, it's not there. Your results of today are irrelevant. Tomorrow's results. One of the good rules of thumb I've heard for a lot of small businesses is if you can just improve 2% per year, then you've got a very sustainable system and you can make a huge difference over time. Okay. That is kind of where I'm at with podcast development. Yep. So I feel better today in terms of our growth, Rob, than I think Marcus Brownlee did about his first 100 episodes on YouTube. Like I said, he didn't have even 100 subscribers at that time. From the looks of it, from what I know about our stats, I do look at them on a regular basis. We have an average of a little bit over 200 regular subscribers each month. Awesome. Thank you, subscribers. All of you. Accumulatively, over 900 downloads a month. Oh, good for us. I didn't even know that. Ordinarily, you don't actually get to know how many of those are played. Yeah. That's how many people have downloaded them to their phones or whatever they use for subscriptions. Oh, that's ex- Joe, that's exciting. Because at this time last year, we had zero. Right. And so we're starting off this second year at not zero. We're starting off at close to a thousand views or listens per episode. That's fantastic. Yeah. That, actually, that yeah. motivates me and excites me. I did not know that. Thank you for saying that. I wasn't trying to keep it from well, you. but I, I've asked you several times throughout the year, hey, man, how many listens we're getting? How are we doing? You're like, oh, I don't know. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> it does fluctuate. Yeah. yeah. So that there there are episodes where it dips under 200 and then there's been a few episodes where it, it went well over 200. Okay. And then we have examples where we have months where we went over a thousand downloads and others where it was less than a thousand. Okay. Per month. Okay. That's yeah. Right. And it's consistently on the rise. All right. That's what I about expected. And it's going good. I've had, episodes, I've had sh- other shows where I had 5,000 listeners at certain points. So the growth isn't always very gradual 2% per month yeah. or a year like that. But at the beginning, it is. Well, I had one biblical genetics episode where I got, I think, 100, 170,000 views. And the next one was in the hundreds. Yeah. And I was rather shocked. I was like, oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) But again, I kept plugging away and I did it for an entire year and I'm ready for year number two. Because the people who are successful at this are the people that simply keep on going. And going back to your question too, Rob, about sponsors. Yeah. I for one, I don't want to discourage the size of our listener growth. When you're small, you don't want to introduce the sponsors too early. True. I have had sponsors before. I've had a great re- relationship with them, and I've had success with them before. And I want to introduce sponsors when I know that the size of our audience is large enough to benefit them as well. And sponsors are looking for audiences in the thousands before it is interesting to them. I'm not looking to make a ton of money off of this, uh, your listenership. If we were, we would have been talking differently the last year. Exactly. We would have been talking. The first episode, you said, sponsors, get right on this. But it was kind of a joke. It was. And we have not talked about any of that for any episode ever since, because that's not our goal here. Yeah. Our goal is to enjoy science, enjoy God, enjoy being Christians in the world of science, just to dig in and have fun. 
So if we get uh, to the day that we're large enough for sponsors, then that would be exciting because I would love to be able to do, well, imagine a time, Rob, when life gets back to the point that people get out of their houses and socialize face-to-face again. Because Lord Lord willing, what I would really like to do is I'd like to have a, a day may come where Equinox was large enough in scale that we could actually have a live event with a live audience. I never even thought of because that. Because that is exciting and that is what I want. I want enough listeners that we can go someplace where they can get together with us and we can have a live show. Like an Irish pub or something like that. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> they have happened. <laughs> we would pack the place. We got 200 listeners now. I don't know if I can get 200 listeners to all meet in one place, but someday we might be able to do something like that. Right. That's what I really want from this sort of thing. So besides man hours, which is probably between me and you and, and your wife, you know, five to 10 hours per episode, what does it cost for us to do this? Nightowl.com is yours, so I don't have to, we don't have to pay a website to host it, but you pay hosting fees or something for that, right? Right. We spend about $20 a month. Besides that, it's just our time. Okay. So after all the equipment, now someone else though, they won't have their own hosting. See, I, I spend about $30 a month for my website for maintenance and hosting. And then I load all my um, my podcasts on the website and I pay blueberry.com to grab them and distribute them. So it costs me more for, for my, but then again, I've also have the Adobe Premiere subscription. A few other things. I, I bet it costs me $100 a month maximum for my YouTube show and my and my my podcast. We do have an advantage with uh, Equinox that my good friend and friend of the show, TJ Draper, is a web developer. He built the website. I designed it a few years ago, and it works just the way we like it. And he understands all of the web development aspects for forwards and backwards. So anytime he needs to go in there and whip it into shape or make an upgrade, he knows exactly what he needs and he does it himself. And so he's able to keep the costs low. Cool. How do we encourage other people? What's a good phrase or catchphrase or, or summary of what we're doing? I just want to help people by shedding light on the bright side of the universe. Contrast it. Oh, I like that. We want to bring science down to earth. It helps spark a lot more creativity and discussions. Cool. This is the kind of thing where you can still go back and listen to the episode about Isaac Newton anytime that you need a refresher. It's still going to be worth our while. And we just spent this entire episode interspersed in there, but really what I've been trying to drive at this whole episode is trying to encourage other people, specifically other Christians, Christian or not, young people, old people, encouraging other people to make their own content because the modern world is content driven. And we are, you know, laboring under too much content, but mainly that's because there's too much lousy content. Exactly. We need good, high quality, good concepts, good ideas, good presentation to encourage people and, and to educate people. And so anytime any of our listeners are interested in exploring the possibility of whether they want to make their own YouTube content or work on their websites, or if you are entertaining the idea of doing a podcast, feel free to reach out to us. We'd be glad to talk about those things, as well as introduce potential science subjects for us to talk about on Equinox. Boom. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on this quest and the last 44. And if you found this episode interesting in any way, consider sharing it with a friend or a family member. And if you want to dig deeper into these topics, like we've already mentioned here, or the other science subjects of the series, 
You can find links to the stuff that we've discussed in the show notes on the website. We keep mentioning the website. That is nightowl.fm slash equinox slash 45. The show notes are also with this episode. If you subscribe to the show in an app on your phone or yeah, if you're on YouTube, they're not there. So there is a link in the show description if you want to get to them. You should also check out Biblical Genetics, where Rob's making his other videos, encourage him to continue and get into second season. Biblical Genetics is also available on Facebook and YouTube. He's on Gab and MeWe, and you can find his videos and join the discussions in the comments with those videos. If you want to find me, I'm at JCS Darnell on Twitter, or take a listen to my other show, Hi-Fi, which is available at nightowl.fm. And as I mentioned, we are at Podcast Equinox on Twitter if you want to catch up with us there. Until next time, goodbye, Rob. Goodbye, Joe. You've been listening to Equinox.